0: This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk big data with Karthik.
1: Welcome to the
0: Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Moon Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. I'm Justin Parisi
1: and sitting in the studio today is the incomparable Glenn Sizemore. How are we doing, Justin?
0: Great. How are you doing?
1: I'm, uh, I'm trying to remember how to do this work thing. Uh,
0: yeah, it's a little tough coming back from the new year and the holiday and the breaks and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm probably in second gear right now, coming up, coming up through the gearbox. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll remember at some point. What's mid- un- next week?
0: What's unfortunate about that is you're, you start off in second gear, but when you come back, everybody's just waiting for you to come back. So they're like, "I got a question! I got a question!" And then it's like 16 people doing that at the same time, and you're still in second gear. Like, oh my god, what do I do? What yeah. Do?
1: <laughs> in in some ways, I think I messed up this year. Typically, I take most of December off. This year, I staggered my vacation and took most of it in January, and uh, the result was. I had a lot of free time, but, but I've come back late. And now, as you said, everyone's full speed, and I'm not there yet. So here we go. Play a lot of Destiny there. Actually, no. no. I played every game except Destiny. I finally, yeah, like, uh, who knew? 1,400 hours later, I finally got over that video game and could, could could play all the others that I didn't get to last year.
0: Interestingly, one of the Christmas gifts my son got from one of our friends is a book, like a storybook, of, and it's like A through Z, and it's Destiny. D is for Destiny. I yeah. know the book. I'm yeah. like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, I have no idea who any of these things are. And this means nothing to my three-year-old, but he likes it. So great. So yeah. that's awesome. X is for Zer. <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, So on a uh, more related note, uh, today we have a special guest uh, from the Hadoop and Big Data organization. I don't even know what organization that is. He'll tell us in a second here. But Karthik, uh, you're going to have to use your last name yourself, because I have no idea how to say it. So Karthik, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Justin. How are you? Doing great. So give us your full name there, Karthik.
2: Yeah, my full name is uh, Karthikeyan Nahalingam.
0: Okay, that that would have totally butchered that. So Karthik,
2: where do you work uh, and what do you do here at NetApp? So I'm working in a DFMG uh, organization. And uh, I'm a TME for big data analytics, including NoSQL space. And I'm with NetApp for 10 years. Okay, so DFMG
0: is the data fabric management group? Exactly. All right, cool. And uh, what what you're doing is NoSQL, Hadoop, big data stuff, right?
2: Yeah, as a senior TME, uh, Big Data Space, uh, uh, we I normally take care of uh, pre-sales and post-sales activities. And uh, whatever the performance validation and um, solution validation, whatever I'm doing that, I'm preparing the technical report and the reference architecture format into the customers. And I I quite frequently meet the partners and customers and attend the insight events through which I learn what customer needed, and market strategy, and then provide those content into the product management to create the roadmap for the upcoming years. And uh, customers' interaction nowadays gradually increasing, especially in the big data and Hadoop space.
1: Big data, all the things.
2: Yeah, big data, in the sense, uh, uh, it is not only Hadoop. Uh, People earlier think that uh, big data means Hadoop. So now, uh, not only Hadoop, it is Spark. Spark is another... uh, uh, engine that is a big data engine so it's a memory in memory engine so it is it is coming into the market and it is doing lots of uh, what to say it's uh, growing very fast that is how to spark engine spark engine and another one is a no sql so no sql is also part of the big data and uh, in the uh, spark engine We have a multiple resource manager. Because of the open source, so many new contributors, new startups are part of it, and they are doing very great.
0: So as a big data 101, let's just kind of break it down. So big data isn't necessarily just what the storage is, right? It's not just what you put the stuff on. It's actually the compute and the processing of that data as it comes into the system. So could you give us a breakdown of what that front end does, the Sparks and the Hadoops and the NoSQLs?
2: and how we tie into that on the back end. Okay. So uh, before I go to the uh, real concept, let me take it into the layman approach. Okay. What I learned. So when I give the job to one person, if the person is doing that job, takes that uh, operation to complete the job 10 hours, just imagine that. One task, he is completing 10 hours. The same task, if I give it to 10 people, so, they will complete that entire uh, single job split it into 10 tasks and 10 people do that operation and they complete the entire operations in an hour. Instead of 10-hour operation, they complete the one job split it into 10 tasks and complete the entire operation in one hour. Yeah. So, this is called distributed job. Distributed computing. That is called big data. So, big data concept is There are two concepts there. One is masters and worker nodes. So, master is the one taking care of metadata, like where the data is stored in the worker nodes. And it is controlling where to go for the job, where to go and keep the data kind of things. So, worker node is the one doing actual job. So, like computation, storing the data. And uh, once the job is completed, they are informed to the master, saying that, oh, i am done the job then the master coordinate that job operations into the final result so this is a uh, hadoop so it's like a beehive like the
0: master is the queen bee and you get all the little worker bees and they're doing their big data things yeah that's right getting
1: the big data honey yeah that, that's that's one way of looking at it absolutely yeah
2: yeah so in this case one uh, biggest advantage here is uh, like netapp uh, ndo operations so you can also add your uh, distributed nodes whenever you need it. Whenever you need the data, whenever you need more computation on the fly you can add the disk. So that is what on the disk as well as uh, nodes we can add it. So NetApp can do a very good uh, player in this because our technology has NDO operation, non-destructive oper- uh, operations kind of things that really helps in the big data space. Yeah, and some of those non-disruptive operations include the storage failovers, includes the volume moves,
0: mm-hmm, uh, yeah. the, the data lift migrations. Mm-hmm. So you have things like that available to you. Um, how do we tie into to ONTAP and, and other NetApp products? Like, how do we connect
2: to big data? Because you can't just mount it up, right? you got to do other things. Exactly. So when it comes to the ONTAP, uh, we normally place the ONTAP whenever the customer need a enterprise management functionality. Okay, let me... Uh, take a little bit, little step back. Around three years back, Big Data, Hadoop and all, it's a POC, validation kind of stuff. Yeah. But now, the real production is started. Mm-hmm. So when the production is started, the data is in terms of petabytes or in terms of terabytes, petabytes kind of data is available. When the production data is that much, specifically on the financial and uh, banking realtor customers, the data is very important. Yeah. So they need enterprise management functionality at present stage because production is need to protect the data. So in that case, ONTAP playing a very important role. So for ONTAP perspective, we have a very good backup, restore, cloning functionalities. So that helps to protect the data as well as backup the data. For protecting the data across the data centers, we are using Snap Mirror. For a backup, we are using Snapshot. And then whenever the customer need to maintain the service level agreement, SLA management, so we are helping with the volume move. So volume move helps to move the data as per the service oriented. There is nowadays as a service kind of, uh, big yeah. data as a service, so many as a service components are there. in Especially in the big data as a service, based on the customer SLA, we can move the data from one place to another. And the volume move, especially very useful for moving the data from a uh, low disk, that means um, SAS drives to SSD drive kind of things that helps the customer to maintain the SLAs.
0: So storage tiering, essentially. So giving exactly. the SSD tier for fast storage and the spinning disk for the slower
1: stuff.
2: Yeah. So this is in the ONTAP side. Even in the ONTAP side, we have one more important product, so NFS Connector.
1: I was going to ask, does that does that require the NFS connector for Hadoop? Or if we were doing it without that, would we just be doing like block LUNs to the worker
2: nodes? Okay, that is a very good question. So earlier in the Hadoop uh, 1.x versions, so in that version, we have only one program, MapReduce. Mm-hmm. So MapReduce is a program through which we can do the computation and jobs, everything. But now there is another uh, program. There is another engine, Spark engine. There are two engines are available now. Mm-hmm. So when it, when when the customer want to execute the job through MapReduce program, that time NFS connector is required to access the NFS data.
1: Okay, so so wait, does Spark not use HDFS?
2: Uh, Spark also uses HDFS. Okay, okay let, before I go to that, HDFS is the Hadoop distributed file system. Yes. So before I go to the file system, let me touch the top layers. Okay. Then I can k- go inside. I'll stop interrupting you. Go, man. Yeah, yeah, sure. So in this case, what happened is when it, uh, NFS connector is mandatory for MapReduce jobs. So even for taking the da- data, and accessing the data processing the data or even i recently i had one customer so that customer is a data fabric customer is a biggest uh, radio customers in us so they want they are doing the process in the uh, cloud providers one of the cloud providers what happened here is that customer say that oh we have a three blocks copy because hdfs in the hdfs in the sense as I already mentioned hadoop distributed file system mm-hmm. so there uh, Hadoop recommends three copies of data. Yeah. So three copies means they need a three times the storage. So the customer requirement is, uh, Karthik, we have a three times the storage. It's in the cloud. But we want to take the result of our processing results. That is, we do not want to copy all three blocks to our on-prem. Mm. We want to take only result of the data. That result itself, they are having in terms of petabytes. So what we have done is, using NFS connector, we take only one copy of the entire data. That is, out of three copies, we took only one copy, and that data, using Cloud ONTAP, we copy that data into uh, reverse, there is a transfer protect back into on-prem using SnapMirror.
1: Oh, okay. So So you repatriate the data after it's been processed back
2: on-prem. Back into on-prem, exactly. So in this one advantage here is, we are not disturbing the Hadoop cluster the Hadoop cluster doing its own work once the data is copied into take out of cluster using our NFS connector that data copy that's in snap mirror is going on on the back end so their production is not affected the production is doing as good as possible and the data is coming back from the cloud to on-prem in a separate back end okay okay let us let me come back So why NFS connector is not required? Some customers, they say that, oh, I do not want to use the NFS connector. We are also saying that don't use NFS connector if it is not required. Not required in the sense, Spark, Spark engine gives one option. We can use NFS connector or without NFS connector also, we can execute Hadoop jobs. So because all the operation, okay, a little bit back here also. What is Spark? Spark is a in-memory engine. It does all the operations in the memory. Mm-hmm. So, it is uh, using JVM. It is doing all the operations in the memory. Okay. So, in the Spark perspective, it's a new Hadoop engine. NFS connector is not mandatory because they have the provision to access the NFS data directly. Okay. Let me go back to your question, previous question. Okay let me go back to your previous question hdfs so hdfs is a hadoop distributed file system that is the primary storage which is created for hadoop in the past mm-hmm. that was created by the uh, google in the, the earlier stage they created only for the hadoop okay so what happened after that one is nowadays people this is open source right yeah. so hdfs is a people want to use their own file system Like NFS and um, GFS and different file systems are available nowadays. Amazon Web Services and Amazon EBS. There are different uh, storages are available. So everybody wants to use their own storage. So in that case, because of that reason, Spark provide different options to use multiple file systems.
1: Is that just because it's in memory and, and all Spark is really doing is just reading the data into memory and then doing the processing? Is that why they don't care and, and they allow us to, to p- suck it in over a generic NFS connection without putting the HDFS shim in place? Exactly.
2: So, But uh, one more thing, we should also remember that without NFS connector, uh, why? Because NFS connector with NFS connector, without NFS connector, I want to give some advantage. When we use NFS connector, our connector is that is NFS connector specifically designed for Hadoop, and it has a lot of performance optimization, and it provides it it using the host algorithm has the algorithm to distribute the data across multiple network interfaces, through which we can get the very good performance. But if we go with the without NFS connector, we have to access the data either through single leaf, there is single network interfaces
1: yeah because it's just traditional nfs
2: traditional right? nfs yeah. they can at the maximum they can get only one interface bandwidth but through nfs connector they, we can mention as many as so far we have tested with the 20 but we do not see any limit so far so 512 threads are available so far so that much amount of uh, network interfaces we can provide and using hashing algorithm we can distribute the load across all the network Look get the performance.
1: Well, so, so then I, I have to ask, because you said at the top that, that we recommend customers not use the NFS connector if it's not mandatory. Yeah. Uh, with Spark, it's not mandatory. But you just made a pretty good case for when it went for a reason it should be used. So is this a decision when you sit down with, with, with an individual customer and you're talking through an implementation, it's really about data set size?
2: Yeah. So when I talk to the customers, first I ask them what kind of use case they have it. Why do they need a Hadoop? So, without Hadoop, why do, why do they execute all the operations with a n- normal system? Then, I understand the use case. When I understand the use case, oh, the customers need one simple example. Let me take an example. Okay. So, the customer is a financial customer. Insurance as well as, uh, they are having insurance as well as finance both together. The customer is saying that is, I have the sensitive data. Very, very sensitive data. We need to run the analysis on top of the data because we have uh, lots of customers, sensitive informations are there in this. But I cannot move this data from one place to another place. In the sense, the customer data they are keeping in a common place, one particular location, they do not want to move the data into a different infrastructure for analysis. So that time what we are saying that is, okay, your data is very important. Make the data NFS aware. Mm. NFS V3 exported. Then we say that, use the NFS connector. You don't need to copy the data. You don't don't need to sync up the data with the source and destination. NFS exported. Use the NFS connector through which we can do the analysis from the Hadoop nodes. That's
0: pretty cool. So I want to touch a little bit on the actual technical reasoning why you'd want to do multiple interfaces versus a single interface, and beyond the obvious of what's just one interface, right, one port. Yeah. So you get multiple ports if you do multiple interfaces, Yes. but you also get multiple uh, instances of, of a network thread, and yeah. you only get a certain number of network contexts on that thread in ONTAP. So when you actually spread your load out, and you can do this without the NFS connector. You can do it manually on your clients and start to set it up with you know, DNS load balancing and mount out yeah. multiple mounts. But you get more network context for your NFS connections that give you more ability to do that extra work when you have multiple nodes throwing compute at it.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So in the uh, NFS connector, when you have the PNFS kind of things also, we are supporting that as part of it. Ooh,
1: PNFS.
2: Yeah. So um, NFS... Wait, the,
1: uh, there's yeah. A, y- wait, you have a workload that actually uses PNFS? Oh, there's Those several exist? workloads. Those do, actually. Um, yeah, there you would
0: I can't name I'm the guessing, customers yeah. that use it, but I can tell you that there are some very prolific customers
1: out there using PNFS and mm-hmm. NFS. Yeah, I'm 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 mostly just joking because I find it absurd. Don't you joke about this. Well, no, man, I find it it's absurd not funny. That, that the industry is dragging its feet as it is on NFS and is just trying That's, to stick its head in the sand and be like, "Nah, 4 one's good. We're good. We had Kerberos. Yeah, Nothing to see here. We're good." It's not that absurd. I mean, there's there's client support issues
0: and you got to make sure the performance is there. I get it right yeah. and plus people like they they get stuck in this rut they're like but nfs v3 just works it always worked why do i need to change it
2: okay so let us come back to that uh, uh, nfs we just talk about only nfs space so other than nfs we are having um, different uh, file system hdfs file system right so for hdfs file system we have done the extensive validation Mm-hmm. With uh, just a bunch of disk computation, that means a J-board. Yeah. Deployment, traditional Hadoop deployment, as well as uh, NetApp, uh, different storages. NetApp deployment with uh, FAS or flash fast, E-Series. We did the complete validation. And based on our validation, so we have written a technical report. So that technical report uh, is a TR4570, that is a spa especially for the Spark. Okay. So the Spark Workload results, it's showing a very, very uh, good results compared to JBot. So all the results compared to NetApp, compared to, J- sorry, compared to JBot, NetApp solutions are much beyond in terms of performance. Okay. Especially one of the important ecosystem components in Hadoop I want to mention here. Hive and Impala. So what is Hive? Hive is a MapReduce program for doing SQL kind of functionalities. So people who is familiar with the SQL, Mm -hmm. they can use Hive to run the SQL queries to run their jobs. Impala. Impala also same, but without MapReduce program, they can, that is SQL query, can access the data from disk directly without MapReduce, Mm -hmm. which is much, much, much faster compared to Hive. So Hive and Impala means SQL queries, very simple. Based on our validation, with the industry benchmarking tool, high bench kind of tool, we used it. And in that tool, we saw that 80% better performance than JBOD.
1: That that doesn't surprise me, though.
2: Yes, I mean, the reason. Okay. Yeah. The reason why i saying that is 80% minimum. The reason is, why I'm saying that is 80% is that one is, first point. When it comes to the um, JBOD deployment, there number of copies for the data is three. Yeah. But when it comes to the fast tap perspective, the number of copies for the data is only one. So, the data travel, the data movement of, uh, when during the processing is very, very minimal. And our tap supports very good, provides very good performance. Third one is E-Series. When it comes to the E-Series, we are suppo- we are recommending two copies. Even though some of the customers are running one of the biggest groceries in US, they are running with one copy. But we are We are recommending to go with the uh, number of blocks two, two blocks. That is two copies. So based on our validation with the high bunch, that is the more the minimum 60 to 80 percentage performance we are getting out of it. Even depending upon the query, join query, aggregate query, that performance varies. So, so why, why two? Wow, well, let me ask. Why two copies? Okay. So the copy, two copies is uh, even though we have the six nine reliability as per the IDC report, it is public. Six nine means you guys know that, right? Only yeah. five minutes downtime for the entire year. So even though we have, we are providing that much amount of reliability, we are still we are recommending to the customers go with the two copies, just for providing. Rack awareness is one kind of uh, Hadoop program. So, just provide the high availability functionality. So, just want to protect the data for access the data much quicker. Say, for example, I am sitting here. My data is in front of me. At the same time, for my data, if it is available in the building, other building. So, instead of I am going to take the data from other building, if the data is in front of me, I can access the data much faster. So that was the reason. We are just uh, recommending two copies. So the b- very much the same deciding factors as uh, C- traditional SQL
1: availability groups for, yeah, for yeah. over in the Microsoft side of the house.
2: Uh, in the big data space, NetApp is doing a very good role in the NoSQL space as well. So for the NoSQL, MongoDB is one of the top leaders in the market. So, okay, let me go who are the market leaders now. MongoDB, Cassandra, Reddit, and Amazon DB. So these four players are market leaders in 2016. And out of four of them, MongoDB is the highest market leader. So our focus, our customers are using MongoDB. We provide very good solutions in the MongoDB. So we have a t- written the technical report uh, for the MongoDB TR4492. What happened is that t- technical report provides performance validation against... You, sorry, not against, using yago Yahoo Cloud Standard Benchmarking Tool, YCSB, okay. that is a tool, most of the competitors, as well as the partners, as well as the customers, using that benchmarking tool as a reference to check the uh, real-time workloads. Okay. So we also did the same kind of things, and that is the paper is going to be updated with that YCSB results. That is one area. That is, no skill perspective. The first one is performance. What are other use cases the customer expecting is backup, restore, duplicate database. So that is the three major use cases they are expecting from us. So we are using Snap Creator and now we are working on the Snap Center plugin for MongoDB. That validation is going on now. So using Snap Creator uh, for MongoDB, we are providing... Uh, backup, restore, cloning functionalities, those things are already included in the technical reports and we are getting very good response.
0: So just to kind of cover the 101 of why you'd want to do that. Um, So why do I need a special utility to take snapshots of something like MongoDB?
2: Karthik? Yes, sure. So the reason we are saying that is MongoDB is a a document-oriented database. So there... Okay, before I go to MongoDB specific, let me give you what is NoSQL, why we need to talk about MongoDB. NoSQL in the sense, not only SQL. In the sense, it can do all the RDBMS-related activities as well as structured, it supports a structured data unstructured data and graphical data. So very simply we can say, in the past, we designed the solution, we designed the application Based on RDBMS standard. Yeah. But now it's a reverse. The sense based on the application requirement, now we design the database. Or in a lot
1: of case of Mongo, we just write the application and throw it at Mongo and we'll figure it out later.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So what if it's key value pair? Just a key value pair. Yeah. One key, whatever the value we want, we will pass it. So the same thing we that is the way No NoSQL is designed. So MongoDB is a document-oriented. So MongoDB specifically is good for different applications, especially in the uh, cloud and uh, uh, big data analytics space. So they are having a very good um, distributed architectures there. And uh, specifically on the MongoDB, there are three categories. One is single database deployment, replica set deployment, sharding cluster deployment. Out of three, 95% of the customers doing deployment in replica set. So what is replica set? Replica set in the sense, just one primary, two secondaries. So primary holds the data. Secondary has a copy of them. So when they're having this kind of deployments, when the primary is down, MongoDB does the failover automatically. So MongoDB has a lot of new features. That was the reason not only DFMG, on-tap team as well, off-tap team as well, that is Snap Creator team, as well as the on-tap team, different technical directors giving lots of effort. They are giving lots of information. We are doing so many effort into that. As part of that next level in MongoDB, what are the activities we are doing? First one is solution. That is what, as a TME, I am taking care of it and working on that customer interactions. So next phase is Snap Center. That is going on now. Snap Creator already available. The third point is, now our um, OSSG team, that is, they are creating a template for MongoDB. Just like uh, uh, MS SQL, Oracle, in on-command system manager, for application-specific template they are having. So for MongoDB also, that is coming up. In that uh, templates, we are focusing on customer-specific requirements specifically on the replica set specific Mm, Uh, deploy uh, templates we are creating on that. And that is one team is working on it. I'm guiding them and helping them to build the template. And now our performance is another area. I already talked about it. So shorting cluster. Shorting cluster is another MongoDB deployment. So that is for customers need more than five terabytes of deployments. They are going with the shorting cluster. So, back
0: to the original question: um, okay. Why can't I just take a snapshot of a MongoDB? Why do I need something like SnapCenter? Okay, that is good question.
2: Very simple answer for that is it's a Snap Creator or Snap Center provide the flexibility. In the okay, I am just taking a little bit back into the MongoDB. Uh, why we have a snap? Why we need a snapshot? In the MongoDB, there are two types of storage engine available. One is M-Map, memory map. Another one is wi- WireTiger. There are two storage engines. So WireTiger is the default storage engine with the latest release. So when somebody need to take a backup in a M-Map, what happens is they need to quiesce the database and uh, trigger the snapshot and unquiesce the database. Yeah. Quiesce quies in the sense... Uh, sync the data from the disk, that is, uh, flush the data from disk into the uh, from the memory into disk, and lock the database. Unquice is just opposite. Okay. That's what I was looking for. Quice the database. You okay. win! <laughs> you get to keep talking. Okay. So, in the WireTiger storage engine, that is not required because WireTiger engine journaling is enabled. So, when you enable the journaling by default, what mm. happens is, you are not required we are not required to put the database into acquire unquiesce mode so using snap creator it manages the data it takes the backup very quickly and the scheduling is very simple and very important thing is the customer can use their own scripts as part of the backup strategy In the sense before the snapshot or oh sorry before the backup they can include their own scripts to manage their application. As well as after the backup, they can include the their own scripts to manage their applications. They can also protect the data. Before I come to this call, I had a call with a customer uh, in the morning today. That customer, say um we have done the Snap Creator with the MongoDB with the uh, Hadoop cluster, that is, sorry, C. dot cluster, on tap within the cluster. Within the cluster, we are able to do the snap mirror protection. So now we need the next level. The sense we want to protect the data across the cluster. Please help me to configure the snap creator. So that level of integration, they are going with the snap creator. So that's what we are investing and we are giving lots of importance for developing MongoDB plugin in Snap Center. Excellent. All right. So I got a uh, random
1: question, uh, Karthik. Have have you guys been able to dig into the solid fire stuff yet and figure
2: out where that fits? Because, I in next. <laughs> actually, I'm about to uh, get into that space. Uh, I recently d- uh, did the presentation in Insight Berlin. So, in the Berlin one, interesting, I will come to your answer. Before I come to the answer, I just want to give yeah, some sure. introduction. Go ahead. Uh, one of the partners, so the German partners, uh, there is a computer center, is a, our NetApp partner. What happened is, Without, we did not know that they are using NFS Connector and a NetApp solution to build the IoT data. That means truck data. So they are taking the data from the truck yeah. and uh, from that data they are using Kafka. Kafka is one kind of uh, Hadoop term through which we can ingest the data from truck data into the Spark. Spark is a storage. There is a Hadoop engine, right? So they are using Kafka to inject the truck data through uh, Apache Zablin. Zablin is a kind of web-based tool. We can monitor the operations, how it is going. So, okay, now the data is landed on the Apache Spark. That Apache Spark cluster is running on the uh, cloud providers, and that data passed to the NPS, and the data is going back to the on prem when i had a discussion with the customers he says yeah this is a use case we are building for the customers then we had a discussion with the solid fire team guys we are having this kind of deployment with the uh, on tab. so do you have do you want to provide any solutions with the solid fire why don't we use this same use case to build the solution on top of them that is what currently we are working on it so when you are work in this solution Current, so far, answer to your question, we don't have the solution with the big data, Hadoop, and Spark in SolidFire. But we have the solutions in the NoSQL space. SolidFire with the NoSQL, we have our solutions. So now we are working on the Hadoop side and the big data space. There is Hadoop, Hadoop and Spark solution. Gotcha. With okay. the SolidFire, we are building the solutions now with that use case, the one which I mentioned. There. Yeah, so essentially it's possible. It's just
0: not done yet.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was, I was really kind of wondering like where that that line's going to end up because I know we've got traditional centricity, which is there for for traditional uh, deployments. You know, if you're going to just just leverage HDFS and, and you're going to go the old school route, well, we can give you better disk and we can we can reduce one of those copies and w- we'll lower the amount of storage you got to put on your floor. Um, then, th- then as an organization grows. Either their their data gets to a point where it makes sense, or, or they need this enhanced data protection. There's this pivot point where we start to recommend that they that they use cluster data on tap, and and particularly mm-hmm. the NFS connector to to really simplify their architecture. I'll be really curious here in six months to pick your brain again and to figure out like where in that triangle Element OS fits and where when we would when we would start to bend customers and say, well, okay, you've outgrown E Series, um, but but for what you're talking about. You need solid fire, or what you're talking about, you need cluster data on tap.
2: Yes, actually, now uh, we know that right, solid fire is uh, quality of service. QIS is providing very good feature in the solid fire. That was the main um, uh, sweet spot for the solid fire in our solutions. So, that kind of uh, uh, solutions we are trying to provide in the big data space, specifically on the Hadoop and the, uh, big data Spark solutions. So, that's why we are working on it now. Hopefully, within a six months, when I come next time, you will see the solutions with the solid file. OK? I got one. Yep. I'm going to do a little plug here. OK.
0: <laughs> so when I think big data, I think lots of space. And what gives yeah. me more space than anything in this world? Then cluster data on tap with Flex Group. Have you done any testing with Flex Group? Uh, yeah,
2: I really, I about of how I forgot that one? How could you forget this? <laughs> actually, what happened is... Um, Pretty easy, he knew you'd bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually what happened is, um, uh, when we worked on the, uh, when the Flex Group release right, we got the question from the field engineer. Uh, Karthik, uh, Flex Group is released. Uh, have you done the validation of, Hadoop solutions with the Flex Group using NFS connector. Then I ask him, I always ask the customers or field, why do you need? So what is the purpose for you to validate that? The main purpose is when, you, when we go with the NFS, uh, we are exporting through uh, one particular storage controller. One controller, normally we recommend 24 drives. Mm-hmm. So what happened is, the customer say that is, we have a Hachay pair. So when we have the h a pair, we want to leverage both the, uh, controllers' disks through single mount point, single namespace. So with the current without flux group, we have to create a namespace or export a volume, each controller only. We cannot have a, we cannot merge two exported volume from two different controllers. We have to have two different mount points. So what we have done is, okay, so I got your question. So you want to merge both the resources from both the disk from different storage controller. That was the reason we did the flux group validation with a single namespace. And we created the two different, uh, from two different storage controller. And we mounted through single namespace and access from the NFS connector that time, I was very curious how that data is distributed, how the CPU utilization is happening, how the resources are distributed. First, what I have done is, I created two volumes from two storage controllers, record the performance results through Teragen, Terasort kind of benchmarking tools just for a validation. Mm -hmm. I make a graph. Then the same uh, controller, I create a flux group. Whatever the disk I used for the two volumes, the same number of drives I allocated for one flex group, then I run this again benchmarking. I see that is, I am getting the almost equal performance of two volumes performance with uh, the two volume performance from single flex group performance, that means almost equal performance. So
0: the downside of what Karthik did here was he used a two-member yes. flex group. Yeah. And I'm going to crank that up. Yeah. Man. So, so the best practice is actually eight members per node because then you can take advantage of all the waffinities within the node. So what I'm going to do for Karthik, and I'm going to do this for you. Yeah, yeah. This yes, is what I'm going to do for you, Karthik. Because oh, I'm going to run you. the tests okay.
2: on a real flex group. Exactly. A real one. Yeah. I'm going to give him the steps to do that. Yes. Actually, we are having an email discussion we already. Are. Yeah. So I'll give you the steps and the two, what other things need to be done so we will initiate that one my uh, challenge is finding clients that aren't my laptop <laughs> <laughs> cuz that's
0: not going to work with <laughs> uh, I'll no. help him. I'll no. help
2: you I'll help you how to do those testing and help excellent yeah yeah so
0: we're going to we're going to come up with some numbers here we're going to we're going to see what it looks like with 8 members as opposed to 2 members cuz i would expect 2 member volumes in a flex group to perform about the same as 2 member or 2 flex group uh, flex vol volumes on 2 nodes yeah now a flex group gives you the advantage of doing more members to throw at this yeah. more parallelization with the single namespace, with the simplicity, and then you can start throwing capacity at it, more files. There's a lot of advantage to using a Flex Group with a scenario like big data.
2: Yeah, that is right. That is right. Is it really? Uh, actually, uh, earlier with the technical report four five seven zero, we did not have a, a plan to include Flex Group, but based on two insight that is uh, Las Vegas and uh, Berlin. We got the feedback from multiple customers, as well as field engineers. We want to know how NFS connector specifically on the Flux, how it is working with the Flux group. So that was the main reason. We included in that technical report, and we provide a lot of information about it. We are going to update with uh, Justin's performance results, that is eight node cluster results, into that TR.
1: Yeah, but you know, I'll give you a little bit of a pass here, because the, the, the bigger concern for the field was, is there any gotchas in using Flex Groups in, in these big data use cases and these big data consumption points? And, and you've already validated that well Oh, work. absolutely. So, so now all we're, we're, we're talking about is, you know, yeah, you, you got good performance, but we actually know it can be better than that. So let's go, let's go show it yeah, going Yeah, faster, I mean, I, I,
0: I totally appreciate that you ran this on that, and I just wanted to show that it can be even better yeah, yeah, totally. And that you have yeah. a, a more compelling use case, and that actually creates more opportunities in this in the field because once people start
1: seeing not just that we can do it, but that it, there is a
0: good reason to do it, um, yeah. that becomes more compelling.
1: It starts to get really interesting. Like if you start to just just, and I, I imagine you've already lost yourself in these, you know, what could be possibilities, but but you know, twenty four node clusters with with massive flex groups, you know, eight constituents per node across, with with a single NFS connector. You know, you, you can start to get just ridiculous data pools connected into the largest uh, 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 big data farms that we could build and, and really crank, like, performance and efficiencies that, that no one can touch. Exactly. It's so not even possible to talk about outside of our ecosystem.
2: Yes. So that is what, in the performance of validation, we are going to prove it. We are going to prove it through the performance numbers which is used by the industry standard benchmarking tools yeah but
1: i, I don't think i don't think uh, the, the performance the performance i get and in mm. the big data space it is all about performance because you're crawling through so much data that that it, it has to be about performance otherwise you're not going to get meaningful results in in the amount of time that you need them exactly um but i i don't think that that, that we we spend enough time shouting from the mountaintops about the the space savings Okay, and, uh, and about the efficiencies oh, yeah, and the efficiency consolidation. Yeah, of I kept the data me- sets. meaning to add that in there.
0: Like, what about we haven't mentioned storage efficiency? So let's well, talk it, about that.
1: Well, it, it, we we touched on it across the board, right? Yeah. Even, even our dumb deployment, where we, yeah. where we where we where we leverage the traditional file systems, mm-hmm. we still tell customers to drop a copy and to only keep two copies of the data instead of having to require three copies. You know, yeah. so, we did something very similar with Exchange way, way back. I know it's completely yeah. different, but it is a similar data protection scheme. Okay. But anyways,
2: I'll so for the storage efficiency perspective in the Hadoop uh, big data space, uh, I want I just want to split into two sections here. One okay. is no SQL space, another one is Hadoop and Spark related activities. That makes sense. Yeah, in the no SQL, we have done the validation uh, with the real time data, so real time data as well as the um, data generated by benchmarking tools as well as the flight information kind of data is publicly available. We use those kind of data and uh, some of our uh, uh, ATG team is did that validation as well as workload engineering also did the validation. So based on our validation, what we observe is 10 to 30 percentage savings we are getting from uh, NetApp storage for no SQL space, specifically on the MongoDB.
1: And that's the storage efficiency stuff,
2: right? Storage efficiency stuff.
1: Compaction, compression, dedupe, all those things. Inline
2: deduplication, 10 to 30 percentage. We also validated with ASUP data, with one of the uh, biggest airline customers. We validated their data, and uh, they are getting 39 percentage of uh, results they are getting. One volume, they are giving 20 percentage, another volume, they are giving 39, 39 percentage, yeah. So there is no skill space. Let us come to the Hadoop space. So when it comes to the Hadoop space, most of the data here, the result is completely depending on the type of the data only. Yeah. Because if we have the unique headers, we will not get any performance uh, benefits here. But with all FlashFAS inline deduplication, we are uh, getting minimum 11 or 12 percentage of savings with the same capacity. So that is guaranteed one. But remaining storage efficiency savings are based on the type of data, because here the data is not a uh, only only one source. When it comes to the FAS on yeah. tap, the source is only one. There is no two copies. Only one source only. So when and it comes to only one so I'm sorry.
1: Well, no, I was just I was just going to back you up there and say mm. that that's what I meant when I said storage efficiencies. When it comes to the big data space, I'm specifically not alluding to our storage efficiency technologies and data on tap. Mm. It's the architecture that we enable through things like the NFS connector for Hadoop, yeah. which enable us to go to massive data customers and say, hey, look, right now you're storing you know, half a petabyte of, of a working data set. You've got three of those. Yeah, How about yeah. we reduce that to one, one company, and we exactly. add in enterprise management capabilities? Oh, and by the way, we'll make your data access faster.
2: Actually, that is what all the customers are getting out of our uh, on-tap solutions. Yeah. That's why they're very happy about it. Even we, worked with the, we did a lot of winning recently, and we are taking the NFS connector to the next phase, next phase in the sense certification with the partners. So now currently we are working with the, uh, one of the biggest Hadoop uh, providers, Hortonworks. Uh, so that uh, certification process already started. So that's, we are, uh, it's officially announced. We, we did the agreement, all those things. So now the process started now. So I would imagine with databases involved, that
0: compaction would come into play here too, because you have a lot of like those tiny transactions that don't fit to that 4K block. Is that the case, or am I just off base there?
2: So here in the uh, no skill space, the block size, sorry, the block size starts from 4K blocks, as well as the 2K blocks also available. Okay. So depending upon the uh, type of sql no sql they choose the block size differs and uh, here also we can do the same type of uh, most of the big data hadoop workloads sequential workloads most of the data but when it comes to the no sql space we have opportunity for the um, random workload as well random access workload as well okay yeah it just
1: um, we've done this before in other in, in other avenues you know the, 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 it was the easy one to point to that i think the, the, the most amount of our listeners would will, will be able to remember is is virtualization and the big yeah. push that we made with no NFS is fine this isn't just for isos let's put everything on it it works just fine and, and it actually simplifies the architecture we're very much doing something similar with it t- with with the the whole big data and particularly the the hadoop ecosystem and we're trying to take an architecture and, and a field full of data scientists who all have an opinion, and it mostly says that, that, that thou shalt set it up the following way, <laughs> right? Yeah. And we have a slightly different architecture. But that architecture has these very unique capabilities, right? Where yeah. we're ge- where we're actually offering greater levels of data d- data protection. We're offering enhanced performance, not reduced performance, yeah. and we're taking up less fl- less f- uh, square footage on the data center floor, exactly. right? It's just it's just a different architecture. And whenever you change things, right, you run into the "who moved my cheese" scenario of you know, I'll do it the old way. I like it the other way. So you mentioned that financials have done
0: this sort of big data stuff. What other use cases are there? What sort of workflows are you seeing in the big data space?
2: So in the big data space, um, no, there is a financial customers, one type of. Retail customers is coming up. And then the retail customers, they are using now. Actually, they are using now. Recently, we've in the deal with them. And uh, uh, oil and gas kind of customers also is coming up now. So now we are building our solutions, not only focusing on the end users. Now we are also getting into the other space, DevOps space. So we are trying to help the DevOps, DevOps space team to build the uh, Hadoop and uh, kind of workloads for the dev- developers as well. So
0: you, you did mention the buzzy DevOps word. What about the Internet of Things in that sort of space?
1: IoT. He, he already mentioned that one as he well. He did. I want to bring that
2: back up <laughs> and, re- and circle back. Yeah, so IoT is the... Very, very. Uh, we could say that is we started the projects. We started the solution under that. Are space. you saying we invented Internet of Things? Uh, internet. We could say that. We could say it that. is
1: twenty seventeen. As long yeah. I, I, if you're saying it on Twitter, you can say whatever you want. You but, could but pretty on the much podcast, make it up. Yeah, on the podcast, I think we have to be truthful. Yeah, unfortunately, sure. yeah, we yeah, still, yeah, we can't.
2: We can't be fake news. See, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> IoT perspective, whatever the solutions at present stage, our partners is doing. It's because we are working with them to build the solutions. That's why I mentioned about that uh, IoT solutions, which I'm working with the computer center in the uh, German team. So we are expecting that solution will be out in a couple of months, because we need to finalize the architecture with the solid fire. So once we done that one, we will we have the IoT release. And uh, they are, the, the I really appreciate the partners. The partner is already do, doing the POC in those region for different uh, uh, automobile kind of uh, customers. And they are getting very good attractions there.
0: So, so manufacturing, automotive, yeah. uh, seismic, oil and gas. All the yeah. things, man, healthcare. All the things. Yeah. All these <laughs> things sound very much similar to my Flex Group slide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Did I tie that back around? Yeah,
2: you like how I did that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got anything else for us today, Karthik? Uh, so, for us, I just want to give you some heads up about our uh, technical reports. I would recommend you guys to read them and uh, go through them, because there we have lots of NetApp values, lot of NetApp unique features are available, like if you take the MongoDB, we have TR4492, that is specifically on the performance, backup, restore, cloning, and we have another paper called, for Cassandra, is another data, noise space, we have a TR4527, and that is on the fast side. We also have the uh, solution uh, solution on the E-Series side, but these are the trs which i am mentioning is the fast specific and uh, the next tr which we are i am talking about is a uh, data fabric with uh, one of the uh, cloud service providers and uh, tr4374 this is completely based on one of the biggest lo- largest insurance customer and we added a lot of a uh, lot of customers are uh, doing the same kind of uh, scenarios and the next one is the tr4570 that is We we released just Monday. So that is a a, a Spark-specific solution that was asked by the field and customers for a long period of time. Now we release them and uh, we are getting a lot of queries from them, specifically from the partners. The partners are expecting a lot of queries from the Spark. So now we are doing the solutions for them. Have you done anything with Splunk? Splunk. Very good question. So the Splunk perspective at present stage from through E-Series, we have very good solutions. We have a Splunk bundle is available and uh, through that solution we have I think six bundles are available. I hope so. I think that's what uh, I worked with uh, Yunus, who is the product manager in the E-Series side for the big data space. I worked with them and he did the review. We did the review also. So their uh, Splunk bundle through E-Series solutions we are providing and a lot of customers are asking about it and we are also getting some queries about on tap side uh, we are looking for the market suppose if we have very good market on the on tap side surely we will have more uh, solutions on the on tap side as well but uh, the answer to your question we have the bundle we have the solutions from the uh, splunk side
0: one thing I like about this big data thing is it really fits into the entire portfolio of the company. Like You're not just focusing on one aspect of the company, right? You, you've got all the portfolio members, the ONTAP side, the Solifier side, the E-Series side, all playing nicely together with a single use case there.
2: Actually, that is what uh, my roles and responsibilities now I took for 2017 to my manager, not only focusing on one storage portfolio. So as a TME, I would like to build the solutions for the, all the store, three storage portfolios, and pick up the uh, right solution based on the unique features of each storage portfolio and adapt that feature to the uh, big data space. So that is what the way we are building the solutions.
0: Excellent. You got anything else for us today, or is that about it there?
2: That's all I have.
0: You don't have anything else? I, it, that's, that's not very big data. I, but
1: really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've got a couple of exploded heads here. That's an we've hour, got, never mind. Yeah, that's we've big got data. an hour of big data deep dive here. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh one last question, Karthik. Um, yes. Do you it's even lift bro?
1: <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs>
0: so so I was I was saying this because Karthik is very um very physically fit. Uh oh. much th- most <laughs> by far the most physically fit person here in the studio. Oh okay. uh, <laughs> other than that marker there. Um but yeah. Karthik, I, I yeah I was I was gazing at your muscles um <laughs> he was know. distracted <laughs> yeah, I was oh my gosh <laughs> got lost in your eyes uh, um <laughs> lay in the plane Karthik, uh, how do we get in touch with you if we need to get in touch with you
2: sure I'm uh, I'm available in the Twitter and uh, I'm mostly available in the emails communications at and Twitter same and uh, uh, please communicate to us through our product managers our account team, and you can directly can contact me directly. I'm very much happy to help you for the POCs, pre-sales, post-sales
0: activities. All right, excellent. Do we have any sort of uh, DLs
2: we can we can contact you on as well? Yes, so we have the DL uh, Hadoop is a DLV is available and B Big Data and uh, the BDA Big One. Uh, Distribution list is available. Okay. Is this an external distribution list? Can con- can customers and
0: partners access this, or is this all uh, internal?
2: Currently, it is internal. Okay. But for the external people, we have the uh, email alias is available through NFS Connector. For NFS Connector, it is available. And uh, that is uh, Hadoop NFS Connector support uh, at NetApp.com. Excellent. That is a uh, uh, deal is available to public through which customers are reaching to me. And um, we also have the developer as part of that one. If it is very uh, important one, the developer also can answer to the uh, customer directly. And our recommendation is, please contact your account. There is accounts manager. So they have more information. They know where to contact. So they can give you very good information where to get the right answer. So... That's the way we are answering and helping customers.
1: Yeah, us. all feedback is always welcome from yeah. from any any source uh, here inside NetApp. But but if you're a customer listening to this right now and you really want to move the needle, talk to your account rep. That's how you really get stuff done. Yep, yeah. and, it,
0: and if you can't find them, you can contact us at podcast at and we'll make sure the right people get that email. Absolutely, we will do the hoops for you. Yep, yes. and we will we will also include Karthik's contact information, the TR links in the blog post. Yes, uh, in addition to that. All right, uh, Karthik, uh, thanks for joining us today and talking about big data, Hadoop, and NoSQL. Um, it's interesting. NoSQL. I always thought it was like, no, I don't like SQL, but it's actually not only SQL. I didn't realize that that's what that stood for. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, So people are giving different meaning for uh, each word. I know. But it's very simple to understand. Is it's not only SQL. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I could I could
1: rant about NoSQL for for quite a while I you feel could. like there's 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 a lot of lazy devs that just install NoSQL because they can't be bothered to think about their data structures
2: Oh okay Wow
0: that's no that's another podcast topic I'm sure at some point yep yeah.
2: I <laughs> yeah. uh, going forward I will provide more uh, broadcast in this space please stay tuned and I will provide multiple uh, information whatever the release comes up
1: All right excellent thank you Karthik Good. Okay, thank you guys so Thank you
2: for inviting me here
1: no, anytime, man. Thanks yep. for your
2: time. Thank you.
0: All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you liked the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team and Karthik, thanks for listening.
1: Yep. So, so um, is this is this our new global warming future? It's going to be 30 degrees on Monday and 75 degrees on, on Wednesday? Yeah. That's weird. How the hell do we go from, like, three inches of ice to summertime in the same week? I, yeah, I don't understand that. Um, it was like a, a contiguous sheet of ice. People were actually skating in the street with their
0: ice skates. Is yeah. Karthik, were you able to get out of your house? That's, that's oh, yeah. Oh, you were able to get out of your house. I was not yeah. able to do that. I was stir crazy with the yeah, I'm
2: just staying close by. Just five oh, miles from here.
1: So, Oh, you just walked here. there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank All you guys. Thanks, guys.